Welcome to another episode of PropCast, a property podcast that aims to educate, inspire, and engage property investors. We are your hosts, Dami Shinobala and Bimbala Osaige. Hey, Bim. Hi, Dam. Dam. <laughs> Hi, Dami. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm cool. We are one. We are one. One year old. Amazing, amazing, amazing. We did it. Oh my God. It started as a joke. <laughs> and then one year later, we've recorded quite a number of episodes. No, this is great. This is amazing. Um, yeah. So I'm excited that we're one and I'm just looking forward to the next few years of podcasting and just adding value and just being a, uh, a blessing and just sharing our experiences with people. Indeed. 30 plus episodes, 1,000 downloads, seven to eight countries, yeah. you know, 11 guests, and more. And so, more. yeah, it's and been cool. More. It's been cool. It's been cool. So, um, yes, so yeah. and more. So, today, today we have a guest. What are we doing today? So, today we've got a very special brother. Uh, he goes by the name of Sadiq Solomon, aka. Mr. Generational Wealth. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) We've got Sadiq with us today and um, he's uh, coming to discuss quite uh, an important topic which sometimes um, gets overlooked by many of us. When you look at wealth building and you look at investing and things like that, we, we tend to get tied up in the nuts and bolts and the you know, whether it's property or it's stocks or it's business. And we never really sometimes get round to doing these things that really kind of enshrine everything we're doing and uh, put a protective layer, protective cover over everything we're doing. And, you know, we get too busy and we never just get around to it. So I'm hoping that today's conversation, Sadiq is going to be able to help us, you know, shine some light on this area and the importance of it and uh, just having you know looking forward to having a, a great conversation with uh, someone who's very passionate in this area so Sadiq welcome oh thank you so much for having me guys first of all happy birthday to you guys um to, the, the podcast um, I celebrate everything you guys are doing two amazing individuals who um I'm so glad to be connected with um so happy birthday um and and oh thank you i'm i'm on in in the year anniversary it's, it's a privilege thank you. <laughs> welcome 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 so oh, um that present as well hey so they miss the generational wealth send some wealth towards this <laughs> oh my god receive it receive it <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um i guess we we kind of we met on clubhouse didn't we and then it, yeah. from there we've just kind of extended the relationship so it's really good yeah. to have you on I didn't meet him on Clubhouse. Sorry? No, me and Dami met on Clubhouse. Yeah, you met him on Clubhouse. Oh, oh sorry. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, that, that's your testimony, boy. That's mine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just in case this wealth is based on how long you've known this person. <laughs> oh, my God. That is funny. You know, you had to stake your claim. <laughs> no, actually, I think my husband... Um, my husband uh, had been talking to Sadiq for a while, actually. Yeah. And eventually we spoke. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. So, Sadiq, um, why not introduce yourself to our um, audience and just give a little bit of information about who you are, where you're from, and, and so on and so forth? 
Yeah, um, thank you so much. Uh, my name is, is Sadiq Suleiman, as Danny has rightly, rightly pointed out. Um, um, go by the name Mr. Generational Wealth simply because um, I'm someone who is extremely passionate about generational wealth. Um, now, you know, that's a, a buzzword that gets thrown around quite a lot at the moment. Um, so the way I talk about, gen I define generational wealth for me is about passing on assets um, and income streams to at least the next two generations um, so they have freedom um, of, of choice in terms of time, um, freedom of choice in terms of what they pursue um, and freedom of choice in terms of what they do um, in, with their future. So they're not bound um, by chasing a job or working, you know, trading their time for money and things along those lines. Um, so that's my passion. I'm on a journey. I have by no means have arrived. Um, but I'm on a journey to creating that 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 stream that sort that system for my 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 children and their children, and I want to take as many people on that journey with me. Um, so so that forms part of what I do. Uh, um, I, I do some financial coaching for people, helping people to um, really put some meat on the flesh of their dreams, on the flesh of their goals, on the flesh of desires, um, and really put some strategy um, around their goals um, and, 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 and helping them to achieve it, really. Um, and I also um, am an insurance um, franchise director, so I run my own insurance franchise under the umbrella company of uh, a company called Unishore, um, where I advise people on all types of insurance, really, um, and, and the importance of insurance um, and teach people the best ways to set up their insurance to protect their family in all circumstances. Um, so, so that's what I do in a nutshell. Uh, if you want to know where I'm from, I'm, I'm from Nigeria, um, but born and bred in, in, in England, London. Um, so, yeah, that's been in a nutshell. I hope that's conclusive enough. Yeah, no, that's um, that's a great summary. Thank you. So, so Lee, what's the what's I guess the biggest challenge when it comes to people building generational wealth and people having assets or a vehicle to pass down uh, wealth from one generation to another? You mentioned in your intro that your goal is to allow individuals to pass on, you know, sit down to at least two generations. So, what, what's kind of yeah. the biggest challenge around that? I, I think for me, it, it starts really with with vision. Um, and then, you know, having having a vision, If you know, I, I'm, I'm of the belief system that if people don't have a vision, um, then they perish in the sense that they um, walk around aimlessly um, and talk about things, um, but they don't really attain things. Um, and again, if you don't have a vision, I, I find a vision to be like a goal. If you are playing football um, and you're on the pitch um, and you don't know where the goal is, how do you know who wins or, or how do you you know celebrate landmarks? How do you celebrate victories? How do you know the outcome of the endeavour you're pursuing? Um, so I think the first thing I'd say is is a lack of vision. And then un after the, if you have vision um, or you have a goal, it's, it's a lack of planning. Um, and when I say planning, what I find is that, again, people um, like the idea of, of wealth um, and they like the idea of, of, of the term of wealth. But when it comes down to the day-to-day, -day, the meat of it, what does it actually look like? What do I actually have to do to attain it? Um, what sacrifices do I have to make? People just haven't calculated the cost. Um, and when I say calculate the cost, I literally mean people don't know what it what it looks like for them to be wealthy. What does it look like to pass off assets? What's what's the minimum that you're going to give your children 
um, what is that minimum? What is what's the what's the what's the last last? If you are not able to give them the whole world, i.e., you know, is it going to be? I'm going to give each of my children, you know, fifty thousand pounds towards a mortgage on their property. Is it that going to be that I'm going to buy each one of my children a, 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 a income flowing asset? What is the minimum you're going to do for your children? If you don't know that from the beginning. Um, then you won't attain it. So, you know, I live off the words of, of um, I think it's one of the um, seven habits of the highly successful people, which is that they start with the end in mind. Um, and I, I, don't, I don't, I think people know the end, but they don't start with the end in mind. Um, and then if, if you started with the end in mind and you had the goals from the beginning, you would know about estate planning as well, because you would have researched, researched absolutely everything to do with transferring the assets and making sure the assets go to your children in a way that it is tax free as well. So we're getting into a lot of things there. I hope I hope that answer is clear. I don't want to ramble on too much. I like yeah. what you said about, you know, goals, having goals. I, I, you know, that's not something that. A lot of people, well, let me, I don't want to generalize, but yeah. I, uh, I, I don't, I, I certainly didn't um, have specific goals when I started or when I started with my, uh, or planning for my kids, like nothing yeah. specific, very short term, nothing long term. But I like the fact yeah. that you had something, have some goals, yeah, just like with everything else in life, really, you have a focus and then it's easier yeah. to then achieve what that is and even exceed what the goals are. So I think this exactly. is a and a change of mindset for us um, yeah. to start thinking. And I think people that are wealthy, yeah. um, they must have, they must be really good at doing this because yeah. that's the only way you can really um, keep and sustain wealth through the generation. Um, yeah. so thanks for sharing that. No problem at all. Thank you. So Sadiq, what what is um you mentioned estate planning um well yeah. you you mentioned starting with the end in mind and yeah. then um so if you are starting with the end in mind then you would be researching estate planning so can you what what is estate planning what does it entail and yeah how how does one go about it what well, well, estate planning is literally you know when we're talking about your estate we're talking about all the assets um in your name every single one of us has an estate. So when we pass away, um, or even whilst we're alive, the total um, sum of everything that we own, you know, be it physical, tangible assets, or anything that even belongs to us, to be honest with you, is under your estate. You could have a table in your house, um, and that table is part of your estate, be it of little value um, in, in the grand scheme of things. It's part of your estate. Um, and, and what is unbeknown to many people is that when you pass away, um, there is a process in which your family have to go through to claim um, that to claim access to the things that belong to you. It doesn't just, you know, get given to your family automatically. So you're dealing with things like, you know, big sums of things where you're dealing with like your pension, um, you're dealing with, you know, any stocks or investments that you have um, declared, you're dealing with any property that you have declared. You know, when it's when you pass away, all of that is considered a part of your estate. And for your family to access your estate um, and take over ownership of your estate. So it goes for a process um, called probate where you have to go to the court and you have to prove to the court that you are next of kin or you are in line, you know, biologically to access that funding, that that estate for the person who's demise. So be it your mum, be it your dad. Um, there's a process you have to go through. Now, that process is a legal process that costs money. 
Number one, it's a process that costs time. Number two, and it's a process that has, you know, a financial implication on the end of it in terms of inheritance tax. If um, you haven't, um, if you have a, a, an estate worth a certain value. So i.e. if your estate is over 325,000, everything over that 325,000 threshold is taxed at 40%. Now you need to pay that tax before you can actually take over the estate. But this is something that the wealthy people, you know, I think it was, um, what's it called? Um, the, the, the author Robert Kiyosaki said that wealthy people, you know, stay wealthy because they know how to avoid taxes. Um, and if you, you know, are, you know, a wealthy person and you're into estate planning, you know, wealthy people are always asking, how can I do things in a way that's going to cost me the least amount of money, but get me the outcome that I'm looking for? Um, and, and, and estate planning, handing over the, the properties or the estate to your family, or these are all things that people um, need to educate themselves about. Otherwise, their family is going to be left with a hefty tax bill um, and, and, and it could have been mitigated with, with things like trusts, things like life insurance, um, wills, all of that type of stuff. So what, what, what's the biggest challenge then? Why, you know, if, if, okay, so estate planning, once you're gone, by the grace of God, we all live a hearty, long life. That sounds so black. We're all going to yeah. die. <laughs> we gonna go that's i know sure. i know but you know yeah, we want to go after sure, a long bro. time right everyone's gonna go one way or the other so yeah, it will be great from today to tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> no no lies told <laughs> no lies told so, so why isn't it that why, why is it um I, I mean i don't you work you work in the industry i don't, I don't work in the industry is it is it a challenge for, uh, do you find it, you know, that you're still having to push the word out there about the importance of, of doing this? Or is it now more widely well, recognized and people are embracing taking on life insurance more or, you know, what, what, what's it like for you? Well, well, the thing about all these things is that it, it, I think people know about it. Um, it just depends in what pockets of the communities you're in. Um, and, you know, to speak to, you know, our community or my community, should I say, um, which is, is the black African community, um, you know, it's been a taboo for a while. Um, and I think it's been a taboo personally because of representation um, and lack of information. I think the way information gets disseminated is that if somebody of that a particular community or of a particular you know, ethnic group is in the room when these things are being discussed, then they can take it back and tell other people about it. Now, when they take it back and tell other people about it, it's first news, first-hand news to those people. And especially because it's got something to do with death, you know, in, in my community, you know, we have this thing of, you know, we don't want to talk about death or if somebody is, you know, talking to you about death, you're talking to your parents about death, the person wants to kill you, you know, the person doesn't want to die early, all these, you know, you know, statements that, that fly around in the community. So I think it's it, it was a lack of representation initially that caused there to be um, a lack of information in, in my community, but now more people are being receptive. And you have to understand is that this education is not necessarily out there for free. It's not information that you're seeing everywhere until you hit like the age of 50 and you're left at home watching daytime TV. Um, nobody's really telling you about insurance. Whenever you see insurance on the TV, 
um, a lot of what you see on the TV is if you're 55, if you're if you're if you're 60, uh, then come and get life insurance. But no one's saying you can take life insurance from you know as young as possible to save money over the long term, or as soon as you're a parent, you should get life insurance to protect your family in case anything happens to you. Nobody's bringing that to anybody's attention, and this is where it comes to people like yourself, people like myself, who are out there educating people in as many ways as possible. And then even if you go down to something as simple as power of attorney, um, you know, when you you know have a property, um, and if you're declared mentally unwell, your property can be taken from you and used to pay um, for your healthcare um, or your, your healthcare. You know, nobody's telling anyone that information because it's not in. Um, the, the government or the powers that be, whatever you want to call it, the institutions, it's not in their best interest that certain information is given. So when people like me and you get this information, I think it's our responsibility to be stewards, take it back um, to the community um, and, you know, expect some resistance in, in the initial stages. But as time goes on, I think more people will engage because everybody's, you know, if, if you introduce a foreign concept to a group of people, um, all, the first thing is going to be caution um, or the first thing is going to be how are these people trying to take my money because of that scarcity mindset that, that the community is still in. Um, people are trying to take my money. Um, so I think... Um, I think that it's, it's, that is the reason why people are not engaging because this is their first time hearing it. Um, now they're hearing it. Um, I think more people will engage. Um, and, and it's just about us getting the information out there. Um, and those that are, are wise will respond. And then there'll be first, I think there's always first responders, second responders, and then everybody flocks as a crowd to get it. So, um, I think we're in, in the stage of second responders. I hope that makes sense. Yes, it does. It does. Thank you. In terms of, can you expand a bit more so that people understand this? Uh, you, you mentioned it earlier where your estate after a certain amount, so you mentioned £325,000, um, is taxed at 40%. Now, that's a yes. huge amount. Yes. That's, yes. you know, that's almost half. So you yes. worked hard your whole life and, you yes. know, you thought this, you know, this house or this, uh, amount of cash or these stocks, whatever it is, I'm, yeah. you know, that's what I'm going to leave my children. And then upon, upon going, they now, they're now left with a 40% tax bill, which you mentioned as well, has to be paid first. Yeah. So, because, and I think that's why you find a lot of children who are left these type of, um, uh, you know, properties that's and things like that. Yeah. They, they're forced to sell because they now have yeah. a huge bill. Um, as you know so yeah do you want to expand on that a bit more for us 100 percent. i think i think you you've pretty much summarized it very clearly um it, it it's again you know a lack of information and because of a lack of information people be are being stung um and and again this is something the wealthy avoid completely um, and they avoid it completely because the wealthy have access to information now if you're listening to this um, you are wealthy. And the reason I say that you're wealthy is because you have put yourself in an environment by listening to podcasts like this, where you're accessing information that isn't necessarily on what I would term as the free market. So you need to now educate yourself about this and understand that rather than getting putting my children through this thing where they have to um, pay or, or are left with a bill, 
There's many ways you can tackle it. Some people um, get something like life insurance um, and they have life insurance that's specifically related to their inheritance tax. So that if the bill comes on their personal way, their children will receive the 40% charge of whatever their estate is um, in cash and they can pay that inheritance tax up front without worry, without fear. Now, other people transfer the property um, seven years before. If you transfer ownership of the assets or the estate seven years before, um, within that time frame, the amount of inheritance tax decreases. I believe it's around 8%, 8% year on year that the, the inheritance tax decreases. So by the seventh year, you don't have to pay anything. So that's a way you avoid it. Other people, you know, like, like you know, BIMS, uh, they buy property in, in businesses. So there's loads of ways that you can think outside the box to attain what you need to attain, where it, when you want to pass on these assets, you are not taxed for these assets. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. No problem. I wanted to talk a little bit more about um, um, this generational wealth, really. How what do we actually... So when I when there was a time on Clubhouse, you said something to the which I was so um, which I was so impressed by. You talked about how you're building wealth not just for your children or the generation after you, but like the second, third, and fourth. Or you know, you went yes. and I was yeah. there. Well, I'm trying to build for my children. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe even my children's children. But I wasn't like I never thought I was beyond two generations. But you went far, and I was like, wow, this is amazing. And yeah. uh, I and you know that's they, I mean I re, I took that on board that day and you know yeah. it's, now I'm just thinking because again when we're talking about generational wealth we we really just say the generations there's no limit yeah. what you know what generation so how do you so for me or for us we are, this is a property podcast so we believe in investing in property for for yeah. wealth and so on and so forth um, and we can do that and have that available for our children now. Yeah. How, Sure. How do the rich people ensure that that the the wealth that they're building actually is sustained for longer than at least one generation? How do you? How do we? What do we need yeah. to do as a community to yeah. wealth that is sustainable and doesn't get uh, um, what's the right word? Wandered um, or, or, or spent or lost? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yes. Thank you so much for that question. Now. One thing that I, 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 I learned is that, you know, I think it's about 70% of wealth is lost in the second generation. Um, and the reason wealth is lost in the second generation, I believe, is because certain wealthy people, certain people that acquired wealth, spent a lot of time working hard for their children, but not implanting the mental seeds of wealth in their children not taking their children along the journey with them to understand exactly what it is they're doing um, and teaching their children how to replicate it from very early. Now, one of the most successful communities you'll see out there at present, um, and, and they're literally a beast of a community, and it's 
I believe, part spiritual, um, but also part principle, is the Jewish community. Um, and one of the, the, the powerful things about the Jewish community is, is that when they're dealing with their children, they do a lot of affirmation or a lot of declaration with their children, where their children teaching their children their identity, they're teaching their children their heritage, but they're also teaching their children their principles. So by the age of 13, um, in Jewish culture, the child is seen as, as a mature man or a mature woman by the age of 13 is where they go through their process called the bar mitzvah. And that means coming to a, a, a place of maturity, um, not only, you know, spiritually for them, but mentally. And what they do, and even if you watch the Indian community and the Chinese community, is they, they bring their children in the process of earning money. I, I think I shared the story of when I went to um, a Chinese restaurant. Um, I called the Chinese restaurant and there was a little boy on the phone asking for my order. I was astounded, like this little boy is asking for my order. It intrigued me. Then when I went into the store and I, I went in there and I collected the food, it was the little boy that took my money. He couldn't have been no more than seven years old. He took my money um, and, you know, I was so impressed that he was working um, in the family business with his family. I gave him 50p extra because he was in the system. He was understanding. He was learning. He was being trained on what customer service looked like. He was being trained on what it means to answer the phone. He was being trained in handling money. So him at seven years old, will we be surprised if him at seven years old is the, is the person who at maybe the age of, of, of 18, 20, takes over the family business because the family now want to rest. They say to him, you manage this family business. You don't necessarily have to work here all the time, but actually you're in a place where you understand the system because you've worked at the till. Um, you've been in the back probably watching the, 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 the chefs cook. Um, you've been at there at the end of the day watching us count up. So you're growing all these skills to understand what it takes to run a business. So for me, it's not only about transferring money to our children, but it's about transferring mindset. It's about transferring experience. It's about transferring the principles of wealth. A lot of wealthy people also have a family charter. And that family charter is something that they declare on a, on a daily basis or a weekly basis that identifies what does the Solomon family stand for? How does the Solomon family think about people? How does the Solomon family think about problems? How does the Solomon family think about the world? How does the Solomon family think about money? And we train our young people in that. Um, I, I think to, 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 to round up on the, my answer to this question, one of my biggest aims is I think I've shared it, is at the age of, of, of 13, I want to show my child um, the property that I've acquired for him. And I want to show him, this is where your pocket money comes from. Now, yeah. you've got this pocket money coming in. You know, we could increase that pocket money by investing that pocket money. So let's get the pocket money. We can invest it or you could just live off that pocket money and you're limited in, in, in your, your, your income flow. You're limiting your income flow or you could quite acquire another asset and, and use your, your pocket money to acquire another asset. I will show you, even if you're not going to watch me do it with your money, watch me do it with my money and understand the system. Bring our children around us, ask our children questions, let them understand the process because that is how they will grow 
and sustain the wealth, but not only sustain it. I think, you know, if, if you're teaching them these principles coupled with what they're learning about the world at school and coupled with, you know, the, the, the um, revolution, the digital revolution, there will be a lot that they have to bring along the journey, even before you pass away, not to talk about when you pass away, taking over whilst you're still alive. There's levels that they can take you to because they have seen or they may have a better understanding of where the world is going and they might point you in the right direction. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, so as I hear education, 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 right? Mm. I heard, do you want to invest in Nike Jordans or do you want to buy a house so you can get multiple Nike Jordans? Come on. <laughs> Or maybe invest in, in, in Nike itself, boy. There's, there's, there's <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yes, sir. Now, yeah. awesome, awesome. I mean, I, I I really enjoyed what you said about that having a family mantra, crest, principles, which you know are declared every day, every month. And yeah. uh, it really goes a long way in terms of inst- instilling value. Um, yeah. into into your children and and you're right it's very important i remember i don't know if i've ever said it on on podcast but I, yeah I, I play basketball and one of my teammates is a wealth manager and wow. uh and he said he's we were just discussing one day and um he said you know one of the major concerns of his clients is like how do they not mess their children up like mm. these are high net worth individuals so and what they mean by that is how do they ensure that their children are grounded enough to be able to handle the responsibility of what they created. Yeah. So it's one thing passing it over, but for them to be able to then um, handle it, manage it and be responsible with it is, is a completely different ball game. So it, it, it is, it is a, um, it is a, it is a, not problem, but it's a thing that people do think about in terms of yeah how how to transfer these skills to their children. And I think you've given a really good um, uh, summary of, of some of the things we can do. I've got a question against today. Yes. I just want to get your input into this. So this is a conversation that I've had with people over time. And yeah. um, it's literally around keep, um, helping or giving your children a helping hand. So yeah. what that means is, I think there was a day someone had posted something in my one, one of my WhatsApp groups and um, the discussion started. And basically, when a parent helps their child out, maybe either with a deposit to buy a property or, or actually give them a property or, you know, when they turn to a certain age, buy them cars or just literally give them a helping hand. Some people are of the opinion that you're not allowing them to work and to understand the, um, to understand how wealth is built and you might eventually spoil them. Whilst another group of people's um, opinion, and I that this is my opinion, is why do I want my child to start from the very bottom when I can give them a helping hand so that they start off, you know, because I, especially in our community, so this was actually in relation to, or relating to, or specific to our community, you know, yeah. Give them a helping hand to start off. Obviously, we, if you've already instilled the right education in them and you give them a helping hand, they literally are able to then take off as opposed to starting at yeah. the very moment. It takes them longer to catch up and so on and so forth. So I just yeah. want to know what your opinion or your, your yeah. you feel about either to give them a helping hand or to just allow them to, to start off, you know, because I suppose they're, they're – for the um, reasons for and against, and you know, there are, there are examples that we see um, yeah. 
children that are born into wealth and they've squandered it. And then yeah. people feel that those that work from, you know, those that are born without a silver spoon and they work hard and become something, that's the way forward. So I just wanted to know what your thoughts are. Yeah, perfect, perfect question. Thank you so much. Now, again, um, I'm Mr. Generational Wealth. Um, so I, I, I don't believe in my kids starting um, from the ground up. Uh, me personally, I think, you know, I think there's a term which says that my um, ceiling will be their floor. Um, in essence, is, is where, I've, where I stop is where they will begin. Um, and so for me, it's, for me, it's about making their life as easy as possible. Um, and by as easy as possible, I mean easy in terms of access of information um, and easy as possible as, as in giving them the experiences that I never had growing up. Um, so for me, I don't believe my children should, should, should fight um, from, from ground up at all. Um, in fact, um, you know, I spoke about, you know, I, I did speak about them at minimum, at minimum what I want to achieve for my children. Um, and at minimum, what I actually want to achieve for my children at minimum is one asset given to each of them, one income flowing asset being a property given to each one of them at 18 to take over. And then at minimum, you know, 50,000 pounds for a deposit when they get married. So yeah. that's minimum. Do you know what I mean? And again, that for me speaks to generational wealth again, because if I've given you a head start um, financially, I've said, you know what, I don't want you to, to have to struggle. Why would I want to see you struggle? I will equip you with the knowledge. I will equip you with the understanding. And again, the grounding. I think a lot of those parents are, are, are a bit scared probably uh. that their children won't be able to handle the money. But if you're scared that your children won't be able to handle the money, then train them to handle money. Train them with the mindset to deal with that. You don't need, they don't need to work or, or, or go and work the, the, the long nine to fives that we worked. They don't need to, you know, go, you know, work like, you know, in Foot Locker, like I was working in Foot Locker. They don't need all of that stuff. I want my child's mind to be free to engage with higher concepts. I want, you know, because what, what I think is, I think the brain is such a powerful thing. Uh, and I think I heard it one time. I, I can't be sure, but I heard that, you know, I think it's Bill Gates and um, what's the other guy's name? Warren Buffett. They mm. take a holiday or they take a week off and they take the week off literally just to think. Um, and when I say think, they're literally just thinking. Now, if they had money, um, if they never had money, they wouldn't have the, the grace to take a week off to exactly. think. <laughs> They'll be hostile in that week. <laughs> and when they think... The amount of money that comes out of that time to think, the amount of problems that they're solving in their thinking time, because they're no longer worried about money. And you see, the thing is, when you're no longer worried about how to make money, you start thinking about problems that you can solve. And actually, the route to making money is solving problems. The bigger the problems you solve, the bigger the money you can make. But because people are tied into this, I need to make money, I need to make money, they're thinking about what's the quickest thing to make me money as opposed to what's the problem, the biggest problem I can solve that will help as many people as possible. And out of solving that problem, people um, will make money. They will make money. I hope that's clear. No, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm happy that we're of the same mindset as well. I, that's, yeah. that's my mindset. I, I yeah. just with I think what's missing or what the, the key ingredient really is the education part. So yes. whether you're giving your children a leg up, a hands off or whatever, or you're not, if they are sufficiently 
educated, wherever yes. they find themselves, they will be able to, to cope. So a child who's who was born with a silver spoon, if they have the right mindset and education, yes. the higher percentage of them not squandering the world and just going with it. And a child that is from a poor background, same, similar, if they have the financial or the right mindset, they will yeah. be able with the little that they have but then to think that if you help your child you're spoiling them or you know i just you know that that thinking is quite it, it's, it's a very poor mindset i agree with that i agree with that term poor mindset i agree with that completely but one thing also is is, is in, in the education it's it's to add to that education is the emotional resilience as well that you really we really need to teach our young people um you know because for me it all comes down to to emotion you see a lot of you know people that are you know born into a wealthy family and they're actually emotionally very emotionally damaged because of lack of affection from their parents um lack of love from their parents or they're battling with some type of rejection or some type of inferior comp- inferiority complex or another so it, it's about actually being present in your child's life you know allowing your child to know that you love them um, and not always, you know, is you know chasing the money, so to speak. Yes, you want to be wealthy and you want to provide for your children, but don't miss the moments whilst they're growing up, because that's what actually means more to them. More, they 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 don't to a certain extent in their formative years, they don't understand this concept of wealth and this concept of provision. What they understand is the time you spend with them playing, the time the time you spend with them laughing, the time you're touching them, the time you're listening to them. They understand all of that. And it's out of all of that that they grow to be healthier in the future with a lot of constant nurturing, you know, mentally supporting them, showing them love, showing them care, being concerned with their day to day life, supporting what it is that they want to achieve and getting the balance right of of because you, you see a lot of these wealthy children and, and, and they've been put through a lot, a lot of pressure. Mm. Yeah, because they want their parents want them to be a certain way or think or do a certain thing. So it, it it's getting that fine balance. And I'm by no means an expert, but I'm 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 hoping that I will get it right because my son's only two. Do you understand what I'm saying? And and I'm I'm you know starting to identify. You know, I don't want to put too much pressure on him. I need to, and if I do put pressure on him, I need to make sure that he can handle that pressure through coaching, through talking, through love, through kindness, through saying, son, I know it may seem hard, but there's a purpose. You know, this is going to help you in the future. So I think it's all about how you communicate with your child, you know, through their formative years um, as well, to add to what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, I'm guilty as charged on that one, actually. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that is my my you know I made a promise to myself I think a couple of weeks back that I need to slow it down and spend time with my kids like really yeah. because don't understand the idea of you being all over the place because as far yeah. as they learn it's not even a big deal like yeah. <laughs> 100%. I find myself all over the place I'm here I'm them tending to this property tending to this investment being on my computer like you know even yeah. down and then the times that they really want to chill out I'm yeah. so excited I fall asleep yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. so yeah guilty as Chad I am definitely changing for the better no, come on that's good to hear <laughs> thank you awesome okay um, as we bring this uh, episode to a close just got one or two more questions for you Sadiq um, yes. so the first thing is so what, in terms of okay so, you know 
we've we've had this conversation and someone wants to take action what would you say is the minimum wrap somebody needs because there's lots of different products lots of different um things that you know that 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 is available out there so what would you say for just as a minimum if someone wants to take action today that these are the things they should have in place yeah um I, i think the minimum you should have in place is really um, everybody should have a form of life insurance in place. Now, there are two life insurances that I always speak about. Um, there's a life insurance that pays in the event of you passing away um, to make sure that, you know, whatever income is lost to your family. Um, so if you're, you're, if you're bringing in 1500 to your family on a monthly basis, if you pass away, that money is lost to your family on a monthly basis. You need to make sure that you've put something in place to replace that income um, on a month to month basis for your family. So that's life insurance. If you, if you pass away, um, you need to make sure the amount that you've got is correct. The amount that you've got is right. Um, and the, the other important thing that people don't realize is that it's critical illness cover as well. You know, if you are diagnosed with a critical illness, especially a lot of people that will be listening to the podcast, some of you will be business owners. Um, some of you will be, you know, breadwinners. Um, you guys are major contributors to your household bills. If anything happens to you, you've got to ask your question, how would your family survive? And if your family would find it very, very difficult to survive, A, if you passed away, God forbid, or B, if you were diagnosed with a critical illness or signed off work for long term, then you really need to have a conversation with me to put something in place to protect yourself and your family from those circumstances. Um, and, And especially business owners, um, because you guys can actually do it tax free, um, which, which is which is a powerful thing. You guys can can write your your um, your insurance off your life insurance off as a tax free saving from your company. Um, so, so 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 you guys need to talk to me. And even if you you don't have a business or you're even thinking about building generational wealth, a lot of these wealth concepts that we talk about, let's be honest, these concepts are basically relying on us as people to be alive for them to be seen through to the end if we're not alive to make them happen then we need to leave something in place that will at least set up our children in a way that we're confident um, will, will be a, a head start for them so I think if anyone's listening to this the first thing you need to do is book a consultation with me let's go through your current insurance policy let's see where we can save you money um, or add value um, and and let's see you know look at whether or not you've got um, a will in place, look at whether or not you've got a trust in place um, and I can connect you with the appropriate people to do so um, and, 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 and write a plan. That's, that's, that's what I would say last and, and final. I would say write a plan. Um, where do you want to be in the next 10 years? What do you want your, where do you want your children to go to school? Where do you want you, you and your, your wife to live or you or your, your partner, wherever you want to live? What do you want to do? Make, write the vision down and make it plain. Um, I think that's the most important thing, knowing the numbers for the future, knowing what what it actually looks like. What does that actually look like? You want to retire at the age of 55. What does that actually look like practically? How much money do you need to retire? You want to be financially independent. You don't want to have to work anymore. What does that actually look like? How much do you need flowing from from assets um, and passive income to you know, be able to not work anymore. What are the num- what do the numbers look like? Because if you don't know the numbers, then you're going to be in your situation for a long time, and reality is going to slap you in the face. That's that's my answer. I hope that's clear. Very clear. Um, thank you very much. 
And uh, finally, uh, my last question, unless Bim uh, has any more questions, um, we usually um, like to ask our guests, as this is a property podcast, um, what does property mean to you? Well, property to me is 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 is, is income, passive income, um, and um, appreciation um, over time income as well. So it's 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 it's. It's and it also means helping other people. I think it's helping other people, providing people with somewhere to stay, um, and providing my family with, with long-term wealth. That's what property means to me. Awesome. Thank you, Sadiq. Bim. No, that has been great. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, we're we're definitely on the same page with the property bit. Um, thank you. Thank you for making the time to speak to us as well. Uh, it's a yes. Um, Adriana, did we talk about will at all in this conversation? Did I miss it or did we do that? No, we didn't go into wills deeply. Will. Okay, but you recommend... Um, everyone should have a will. Absolutely everyone should have a will. Follow me on on, 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 on Instagram, Mr. Generational Wealth. Um, I'm, I'm going to be hosting a seminar shortly. I don't know when this podcast is going to come out actually, but I'm going to be hosting a seminar shortly. Um, on wills, trust, probate, all of that stuff um, with one of my business partners. So depending on when you hear this, um, we'll probably do one every at least two months or so. But because it, it's a lot, it's a subject that a lot of people don't know about. And, you know, what goes in your will is down to who will look after your children if anything happens to you. So yeah. everyone needs to have a clear will. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. OK, cool. Thank you so much. Thanks for that. Thank Just you. posted when the session when you've got the date and then we'll, we'll, um, we'll post it on our, 100%. On our uh, Instagram page as well. But thanks, thanks for the time. It's been amazing. Let's Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, let's go and build that generational wealth. Come on, come on, come on. We, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Mr. GW, I need to come and see you in Canary Wharf one of these days, oh. man. <laughs> come look out that office window. Don't worry, we'll make it happen soon. So, 100%. 100 uh, We appreciate you. Thank you for all you, you do. And, uh, you know, keep on spreading the good word, man. It's, uh, I'm sure you're, you're changing a lot of people's lives, um, whether they know it or not. So thank you very much. Bim, it's been a pleasure once again. And to our listeners, thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed the session with, um, Sadiq. If you do want to follow him, uh, do, do check him out on Instagram. Uh, he's uh, Mr. Generational Wealth. Is that right, Sadiq? Yes, yes, it is correct. Mr. Generational Wealth. So uh, we'll put we'll put his uh, Instagram handle in the show notes as well. Do you have a website or anything like that? People can... Not at present. Everything's being built at the moment. So okay. Not... Okay, cool. So um, find him on Instagram. And uh, and yeah, if you have any more questions, um, if, you, if, if something's not clear, please do feel free to reach out either to us or to uh, Sadiq. And uh, I'm sure... Um, if we don't know, we can always pass you on to Sadiq or just go to Sadiq directly himself. So thank you once again for listening. We hope this has been of value. And um, until next time, ciao for now. Bye. Thanks. Bye.